Page 382. Actually, we'll start with 379. In these two weeks' parshas, this week and next week's parshas, Vayakel and parshas Pekudri, is a repetition of the two parshas from, from Truma and Tetzave. Right? It's about building the temple. That's what it's all about. One of the main things that we built in the temple was the menorah. It's written in Parshas Kiruma <coughs> the first time. It's written later in Parshas Vayakel again. It's written a few places. God tells Moses to make a menorah. Right? On page 379, that's the first time God tells Moses, you have 379. Mm-hmm. Right here, yes. Go ahead. You shall make a menorah out of pure gold. Menorah must be made by hammering its form out of a solid piece of gold. Okay. First of all, the class is in memory of Jared Orchen. And the menorah should be made of one piece of gold. And it's being hammered out from the piece of gold. You couldn't make attachment. You couldn't prepare pieces and attach them together. They had to take one big piece of gold and hammer out the whole menorah. It was a very, very hard job. Go ahead. Its base, its shaft, its cups, its knobs, and its flower shall be of it the same piece of gold. Mm-hmm. Six branches shall extend from its sides, three branches of menorah. Six branches. Right? The menorah should have six branches. Let's turn one more, two pages, one more page, I'm sorry, and we'll see a picture of the branches that they depicted in this book. That's when you say a branch, where we see the word branches also in, the, in this book of, of uh, Exodus? Kanim. Uh, the word kanim. The same word for branches. Before that, when the Torah describes when branches, where is branches in this book? In the book of Exodus. No? Branches. Oh, yeah. I don't know if well, you, well, for King David, but it's not in Exodus. I'm talking about Exodus. Hmm. I don't know if it's Just translated. number two? What do you mean number two? Two tablets? No, no, no. no branches. 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 The word branches. The word branches in the book of Exodus, I don't know how they translated in English, but in Hebrew it's the same word. Uh, the, the burning bush? Mm, a little earlier. Branches, branches, branches. Well, so the branch into the water to purify the water? What? Uh, the water of Mara. Well. <coughs> By the well. Which well? Where Moses came and met Zipporah? No. No. But you're getting closer. Was that the better waters of Mara? No, he's saying earlier than that. No, no, it's earlier, okay. it's earlier. When the, when the, Israel, when the Egyptians beating the... the uh, uh, Nile... The Moses in the Nile River. Branches there, in the in the water. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She put them. Let's see. I don't see the word. I don't see the word branches here. Actually, some reason I thought uh, I thought they put it in, in branches. It's written in Rashi, but not not in the text. I don't see. In the reeds, not branches. Not the word branches is not written. 
Uh, no, it's not written about branches. I thought it's written for some reason. I thought that the word branches is written here. But branches usually means straight, a straight uh, branch. A branch is not like a pic the picture here, a half a circle. A branch doesn't go like this. A branch is a straight, a that's a branch, long straight stri uh, stick. And God said, tells us to make branches, six branches. Then if you would have to make a picture of a menorah the way you read from the Bible, how would you describe the branches? Like a bat's monor. Like what? A bat's monor. Well, yes. Kind of a V. It would be angles, angles at 45 degrees or something like this. Exactly. Then, and that's how, that's how the Torah, that's how Rashi describes it. When Rashi speaks on branches, he speaks about straight branches. If you open on page 381, number 32, the Rashi shall extend from its side. In each direction, diagonally, going upward. Diagonally, going upward. Diagonally means the way the, the other menorahs are being pictured. Then Rashi says that the menorah, that the branches of the menorah are diagonally. The word branch in itself, before Rashi, before anybody, means, means diagonally. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean straight, doesn't mean round, half around. Then from where is this coming from? From the Archetitus, the oh. Romans. Then what happened is like this, not only Rashi, Maimonides, in the other Chumash is printed Maimonides also, when he writes about the menorah, he also writes the word diagonally. Not only, but he only write, wrote it. For many, many years, we knew that Maimonides, like Rashi, says that it was diagonally. But you can argue diagonally meant that it didn't mean it. Not long ago, 20, 30, 40 years ago, they found a paper that Maimonides made a picture of the menorah. Not just, not just a writing. And in the picture of the menorah, he shows, he makes it diagonally, diagonal lines. In addition, the son of Maimonides, Avrom ben Arambam, Abraham was his name. Um, he writes that my father depicted in a diagonal way. It was purposely. It wasn't just because he, the paper was looking like this. It looked better. He, he purposely believed that this is the way how the menorah was. Then we have my Manadis and Rashi. Both of them lived 900 years ago. We don't know. We don't have any proof that they had a connection between each other. My Manadis lived where most of his life. His adult life in Egypt. Egypt. And, and, and he was, and uh, Rashi was in France. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if Maimonides saw the Arch of Titus, we don't know. But Rashi probably had good chances to see the Arch of Titus. Then both of them say it was diagonally. Then comes any mosaic you find in the world. It's this way. I have a second. Every mosaic in Israel. The main, main one is in the Arch of Titus. I had pictures from last time, but I forgot to bring it. It's upstairs. You see the pictures, the menorah, the, the Arch of Titus as a depiction how the Jews brought the menorah to, 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 to Italy, to Rome. And, they, and it's written on it, Judah Capota, captive Jews. Basically, the Jewish slaves brought it. And you see there a menorah. And the top is a circle, just like here. 
the Beno of March of Titus was before Rashi and before the Rambam, right? Then Rashi and Rambam did, were not impressed too much that there is a, at the Arch of Titus looks differently. They still had believed that this is the way. Obviously, there's a tradition. The what's stronger? That's the question. The real question here in life is what's more powerful? The tradition that Maimonides and Rashi had from their rabbis, from their teachers, or the Arch of Titus? Arch of Titus had other problems, didn't it? Oh, very good point. The Arch of Titus, the menorah, the Arch of Titus, the bottom is for sure not the way, the way it's a... Uh, can you make one of them a big picture? I'm trying can to. See? I, I have found it. <laughs> yeah, today, in today's world, you don't have to go to Italy, you don't have to do anything. Well, you can see here. I mean, it's a very small image, though. Yeah, I saw, I saw many, many pictures of it. I mean, it's... Uh, Looks yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you see, the bottom of the menorah mm-hmm. is not the way it's not the way it's in the picture here either. Yeah. How there is no three legs. From when? What the time is it? That's from from then, from two thousand years ago. Really? From nineteen hundred years ago. Here. Uh, huh? Eighty-six. Probably. Yeah. 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 That's bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't one. it the same as in Israel now? Mr. Yeah. The, the Rabinovich is from Vadim? So yeah, 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 yeah. Is so it real gold? And hammer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? Yeah. What do you say? Wow. Say, so there's a distortion of the menorah and a distortion of the, the tablets in terms of their shape. Oh, that's a very good point. That's another how come, issue. How come everything is distorted here? Uh, it's now, such important. Uh, now, so the question is: here, let's let's take one distortion at a time. We'll get to it. <laughs> but that's a very important thing that you mentioned. That the menorah is here in one way. All the mosaics are like this, but the, the tradition is different. Now we'll go to another thing that we that's have the same problem. Because they had to hammer it out of gold. No. The one piece, so that's why the base is different. <laughs> and it's easier to do straight or on a diagonal. Would it anyway be straight, much easier to hammer out straighting than the, like this round one? Right. There is another thing. There is something it's called the tzitz. The tzitz is the high priest used to have, I'll show you in a minute. Where is the tzitz here? The high priest used to wear on his forehead a certain little uh, piece of jewelry if you want. On page 452 you'll find it. Well, first we'll read the line inside, 452, number 36. A diadem. It was a sort of golden plate. No, 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 in the text itself. Oh, okay. Uh, you shall make a diadem of pure gold and engrave it on in the manner of the signet ring, holy unto Adonai. And holy to Hashem. You have to put something, a metal piece. It was the, the, only for the high priest. He used to wear it on his forehead, and it was written towards holy, Kodesh, la Hashem. Holy to God. Read the Rashi, a diadem. A diadem, it was a sort of golden plate having a width of two finger breadths going around the forehead from ear to ear. Okay, 
Now you look in the picture, it's written Kodesh to God, right? Beautiful. Or there is an argument in the Talmud. How these two words were written? Like this, Kodesh to God, or because the name of Hashem, the full name of Hashem is here, is more important than everything, that cannot be that the name of Hashem should be secondary. Must be that the name of Hashem is first. According to this opinion, the rabbis, the majority opinion is, it was written Hashem in top and Kodesh underneath. Kodesh Lamed, Kodesh El was written in the, in the bottom. Kodesh La was written in the bottom. The name Hashem was written in the top. Two opinions. Talmud tells a story about Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yossi. He was in Rome. What was he doing in Rome? It was the first generation after the destruction of the Second Temple. And the Romans made a lot of terrible decrees against the Jewish people. At one point, they outlawed the, the keeping of Shabbos. They outlawed the observing of Brit Milah. In family purity law, nobody's allowed to go to the Mikra. Then they thought, what should they do about it? And it was a guy said, Reuven Astroboli, I think it was his name. He said, you know what? I'll go and I'll dress up like a Roman and maybe I'll be able to accomplish something. He, he dressed up like a Roman, he, de, he did the aircourt and so on and on, and he became friendly with the Roman machers, leadership, and one sitting in a meeting there, and he told them, you know, guys, I have a question to ask you. If you, if you have an enemy, you want to make, what do you want to make him, rich or poor? He said, you want to make him poor. And he says, then why you don't allow the Jews to rest, uh, to, why you, are, you don't allow them to rest on Shabbat? You want them to walk on Shabbat, they'll become richer. Let them, let them rest on Shabbat, one day less to make money. He said, you know what, this guy is a genius, he's right. <laughs> a while later, he comes with another idea, he says, your enemies, you want to make them weaker or stronger? I said, sure, weaker. You want to make them weaker, then let them, make, let them circumcise their children. They become weaker, not stronger. Said, you know what? We should, uh, we should bring back the law. They, you're right, absolutely. He says, he says it goes on a good light. He says, you know, you want an enemy, you want him to be more or less. He said, less. He says, you know, these guys, if they observe family purity laws, it's only two weeks on, two weeks off. They'll have less children, not more. You know what? Good idea. For a while, they took off all the decrees against Judaism. Until they discovered that the guy was a Jew. And they lied to them. That they brought all the decrees back. And even stronger, they got so upset, they made the Tzores even worse to the Jewish people. Then the rabbis in Israel were thinking, what should they do? Who should go to take off the decrees? They asked from Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, because they said, this guy... Is Melumad Benisim. He's a professional, he has experience with a lot of miracles. You know, some people, some rabbis made a lot of miracles. Hashem gives them more, more uh, helps them more than others. Then Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yossi made a trip to Rome. On the way to Rome, the daughter of the emperor in Rome, you know what the D book is? 
the book. Uh, yeah, it's a spirit. Yeah. yeah, you heard about the mm-hmm. move that there is a play, the D book, the D book. You never heard about the D book? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I have to go yeah. to that play. Yeah. A D book is like a devil enters a person. Today you would call it a bipolar. A I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> well, craziness. Somebody goes crazy, basically. He has a nervous breakdown. You need there's, there's a D book. That's the same word, yeah, D book. Same word. It's called a. It's a, it's a word in Hebrew for it. It's a. It's a. Um, uh, what is called uh, um, an evil spirit. No, more than just an evil spirit. Shindalad. <coughs> now there is a word for it um, in English. I forgot. Okay. In any case, the daughter of the king went crazy, and she only thinks she screams. I want to see Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. I want to see the great rabbi. The great rabbi. I need to see the great rabbi. Rabbi Shimon Baruchai arrived to Rome. They looked all over the city for this rabbi that this, she hear craziness. She went crazy and she wants to see him. He was called right away to the emperor. He didn't need an appointment, obviously. They begged him to come. He came. He made a little prayer. He came home. The king was so grateful to him. He told them, you can get whatever you want. He ordered to open for him the treasures of the of the emperor, of the of the kingdom, and he can do whatever he wants. But they went, and they looked for the decree against the Jewish people, and they told the decree. That was at that time. If you tell the decree, the decree is over, because you you lack the decree that was written in a in a safe. And Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Yossi, at the same time, already looked at a few other things. In Rome, there were many things that came from Jerusalem, right? They confiscated everything from the temple. That he saw the curtain that used to divide between the, the, the holy and the holy of holiest. was a curtain. And he saw blood, stains of blood on the curtain, because they used to, on Yom Kippur, they used to sprinkle blood on the, on, on the holy of holiest. That's one thing he saw. And then he saw another thing. He saw the seats, and he said, I saw the seats in one line, two words in one line. That Chachomim, the rabbis, the, when it's written, Chachomim means the majority. The majority of the rabbis said two lines. Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yossi says, I was in Rome. I saw, I saw in Rome in, in one line. What do you think? He saw it. Stubborn Jews, don't listen to him. My money decides the aloha is in two lines. Two lines. He saw. Who cares what he saw? Now, what does this mean? Here, they, they went the way that he said, in one line. But really, the aloha is that it's in two, it has to be in two lines. If you did it in one line, it's also kosher. But to begin with, it has to be in two lines. Well, if, if your name is Eliezer, they always go with the majority, huh? Another famous story, another with that, with that, against the majority. <laughs> You're right, it's a different Eliezer, but it uh, also goes against the majority. Now, the Jews are stubborn, we know, but there must be some logic there, a little seichel must be, I mean. Because why is, the reason why there is a tzitz like this, we don't know, you know. Many people wanted to look like the high priest in Jerusalem. The high priest walked with this piece of jewelry on his forehead. Many rich people say to themselves, you know what, I also want one. Why not? Why only him? I can afford it. 
or that was a concept, a rule in the Torah, you don't do anything in the, temp the same way it's done in the temple. Then it makes a lot of sense that if they did something, they did it differently, purposely different than the temple. Now there was a lot of people of other idol worshiper houses who copied the temple and everything. You know, you go to the original, right? If the original is do this, how many things are in other religion copied from Judaism? That's not a new thing. It was also in the olden days. For example, how to do the incense was to be a secret code, a, a secret formula that only one family in Jerusalem had the right to this secret. They never told anybody the secret. Then they were asked, why you don't give the secret? What is this? What are you keeping a, a monopoly on the secret? And they charged more because of that. That they said, because we don't want somebody should figure out the secret and do the same instance for idol worshiping houses. It was a family who knew how to bake the challah, the, the showbread for the temple in a way that should, it, should keep, it should keep fresh and it should never break. They didn't give out the secret. It was another monopoly. They say the same thing. We don't want to take it to the idol worship. Then many things were copied from the Jewish people. That when I see a piece of metal, that's it, in Rome. Yeah, it confiscated in Jerusalem. But who says that this is the right seats that the high priest was used to wear? Maybe the Jews knew that the temple is going to be destroyed. They prepared everything instead. They prepared them uh, seats instead of a seats. And a menorah instead of a menorah. Now the menorahs also, many people wanted to make menorahs. It was a very symbol of the Jewish people. Just for this purpose, not to do a menorah the way it's in the temple, to single out the menorah of the temple, out of respect and out of, of uh, ma making sure that we don't, we don't do it because you're not allowed. They made the menorah in a different way. Well, certainly they knew that they, the, the temple was going to fall, so they could have created false that, That's for sure that, that anybody, who, if I would run the temple, I would say, it's a, the war was not a week, you know, the war was months and months and months, years. I would replace everything that's in the temple with other things and put the real things somewhere else, hide it. Not give the, the Roman to come in and to take it. And by the end of the second temple, they had already experienced on the first temple. That was not a new thing. They knew what's going to happen. Now, let's take an example from life, from real life. The Holocaust. What is the best pool for the Holocaust? The Holocaust took place. You have all the different survivors talking about it. Mm -hmm. There is going to people, there is the, uh, you can go to Auschwitz, you can see the buildings, right? Mm -hmm. There is real pictures. Mm -hmm. There is real recording movies from real pieces of the Holocaust, plenty. Just with numbers. Mm -hmm. But what's the strongest proof there is plenty of Holocaust denials. What would be the strongest proof of the Holocaust denials? The, the Auschwitz, the pictures, or the stories of the people? What do you think? Stories. Why is the story small? Why? I show him, I, I take him to Auschwitz, I say, here it is, here is the crematories. Here are the pictures, here are the documents. There is hundreds of thousands of documents on the wall. Still was the strongest proof is the story. Why? Why is the story better better than this? 
it, it comes from a real person. It's not just a thing, and it's becomes a tradition. Then, the, the, then you can say, what does the Holocaust denial say? Pictures. You can make pictures. Auschwitz, you can rebuild it. You can build it in Auschwitz. You can build it in Auschwitz in, in, in the middle of the cemeteries. You can build it in Cleveland too. Anything goes, could be reproduced, I mean, made up. Stories, a story from one person can also be made up. But when so many people come with so many similar stories, then the stories are stronger than everything. Then that means to say the testimony of people is stronger than any proofs, any archaeological proofs, any pictures, any buildings, anything. The story is stronger. That's why they record all the videos. Why do they need the videos? We have proofs. Yeah. We, are we have scientific proofs. We have so many documents. Millions of documents are being discovered every day, more and more and more and more and more. Unlimited. What do you need more than the documents? No. We need, we need testimony of people. That tells us that history is not be based on, on fa facts and archaeological proofs. We don't know what it is meant. Give an example from your own life. Somebody comes, finds a birth certificate of you. Your mother's name is a different name. Your father's name is a different name. It's you, with your name and everything, but with your date of birth, everything. But you've only your father's name, that of, my, of Moses, Jacob, was. Oh, your father lied to you, that's not his name. I look on this paper, I throw it in the garbage, I said, I don't know why. It ended up in the garbage, you found it because it was a mistake. And the guy who typed it made a mistake, throw it away, and then he typed it again, he gave me the real thing. If my father told me all his life his name is Moses, Moshe, this birth certificate will not change anything. The same thing is in Judaism. If we, if Rashi and Maimonides, ever tradition from their rabbis, from their rabbis, from their rabbis, it was diagonal. But you saw an arch of titles. I don't know what it is. Who came up with this idea? Maybe the guy who made the, the artist decided that it looks more beautiful. It changes. He has, the artists have permission to change the reality. We don't know what, what inspired them to change it. But I have a tradition for so many years that's stronger. The tradition is stronger than what, than what, than what, we, see, than what uh, we find archaeological proofs. And we see throughout history and throughout life, and everybody will, will tell you when it comes to his own life, he will believe the story that he heard from his parents, from his grandparents, more than any paper that you bring him. He says, why you bring the paper? I don't know, it's a good question. We have to find out who did that, who write it, and who liked it. You know, there is a, one of the Holocaust uh, memoirs that everybody believed that were written in Warsaw Ghetto was later discovered that it was written by somebody years later. He wanted to give people an idea what happened in Varsaget, but it wasn't forgotten. He said, I found it in a battle in this. He didn't find it in a battle. It doesn't begin the whole story. He made it up. What is this bringing, bringing us? There is, a, you know, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Today I saw, actually, Another article that they discovered in the Dead Sea Scrolls, a new way to understand and to write it, and uh, they're all excited about the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
and many, many, I mean, uh, scientists, I mean, and scholars are working on it for, for tens of years. I mean, it's already for four years they're working on it, maybe more, 50 years. And p there is parts on the Bible in the Dead Sea Cross. Now, let's say they find one piece of the Bible and they compare it from the Chumash here and it's written here, the Tzitz, oh, it's written a different word. And this part of the Bible, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls are old, are 2,000 years old. We do not have anything more ancient than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Then maybe we should take the Chumash and start to change of the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's the original one. We'll change here, we'll change here, we'll take out a word here, we'll do it according, we'll compare the... Nobody accepted that, you know why? Because I don't know who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls. I don't know why they were hidden in a cave. You know, in Judaism, in every shoulder is something that's called Agnizah. Agnizah is you're not allowed to throw Chumash, to throw a cedar. What do you do? You put it in a, in a little house, and then eventually they bury it in the cemetery, in a Jewish cemetery. We don't know how the Dead sea, why the Dead Sea Scrolls end up to be in the Dead Sea and not anywhere else. We don't know who wrote them. Maybe somebody made a mistake and you put them away. Usually when you have a book, think about that, in the olden days, to have a Chumash, to have a Bible, it wasn't printing. You had to write and with, with ink and parchment. That it was very expensive, very, very real. That if you have a Chumash in your family, you keep it forever and ever. You don't, you don't, and you give it away to your children and you use it and you read from it again every day until literally it falls apart. Everybody takes a piece to his family. Oh, I'll take this page, you take this page. Everybody wants to hold on to some, to some pages. That's his cause to find them hidden in a place. Why should you find them hidden? The point is a paper will not change a tradition. That's what the point is. Because the paper is more important than tradition. And that's a very, very important concept to remember. And that's what Judaism stands off. We have the book. But who is the book? The book stands on tradition. For example, we're reading in this parsha. What is this noise? We're reading in this parsha about uh, the beginning of this week's parsha is about not making a fire on Shabbat. Observe Shabbat. You know, what's the law if somebody has to go to the hospital? Are we allowed to violate the Shabbat or not? Save a life, sure. Everybody says sure, huh? Where is this written? Scholar, where is this written? Well, it's an interpretation. It's of what? Other passages in Leviticus that talk about uh, preserving, uh, you shall do it to live in Deuteronomy uh, and... In the Bible, it's not written you're allowed to, to, to violate the Shabbos to save a life. It's not written. The rabbi said, you're right, it's written a verse in the Bible. It's written like this. It's written you should walk, you should observe the mitzvahs, you should live by them. Live by them came the rabbi Shmuel, the Shmuel, the Amora, and he said, live by them and don't die by them. But it's not written in the Bible. Now the Sadducees, we spoke two weeks ago about the Sadducees. They said, whatever is written, whatever is written, the person should bleed to death, whatever is written. 
Will the, Jew, will the rabbi, the rabbi didn't come up with an idea. Oh, you know, guys, he showed up one day in shul. He said, you know what, guys? No, no, from today, if somebody is risking, is, 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 his life is in danger, we should violate the Shabbos. And people will tell him, oh, yeah, sure, rabbi, whatever you say. It doesn't work like this, right? The Jewish people, the, the shul, they throw him out of the shul. It was from day one, a tradition, that when it comes to life, to saving a life, it's more, you, you, you are allowed to override all the law. I thought it was from Matisyahu. slaughtered on the Shabbos. That was about not going out to war on Shabbat. Right. But it doesn't mean that not saving a life. Ah. But you understand what I'm okay. saying? That was even before that. Matisio felt that not to go to war on Shabbat. And it doesn't mean that before Matisio didn't... I mean, yeah, Jer Jericho. When was Jericho conquered? Jericho was conquered on Shabbat. What I mean to say is the tradition was... When you go only by, by, by the book by proofs, by written proofs, by archaeological proofs, who knows where you're going to end up? It's the, all the proofs, why we believe the written book? Because living people gave it to us. That's why. Not because... Oh, thank God. <laughs> then, but, but, uh, not, not, but if not for the living people who give over the tradition from a person to person, we, 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 wouldn't, we, 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 we wouldn't know what, what, what to accept, what to believe, so to speak. And that's a very important thing to see. And that's why when it came to the seats, Rabbi Lezer said, I saw it. They told him, thank you very much. Have a nice day. But we will stick to our own stubborn tradition that it was in two lines. The menorah is, is, is all the pictures are if I have a circle. We stick to what Maimonides said and Rashi says. They were nine hundred years ago. They were a little closer to the temple, and they said it was diagonal, and that's it. Arch of Titus, very nice picture, very nice uh, place to go to visit, but archaeological beautiful thing to go, uh, historic site. But that's about it. We are not changing one iota of our tradition because any pictures or anything goes being shown in other places. Now we'll speak about the. Tablets. What do we know about the tablets? They had a fit inside the ark. Where's pictures of the tablets? No pictures of the tablets here. How we know what the tablets look like? Um, here we see only pictures of the ark. But you don't see pictures of the tablets. The pictures of the ark on page 367. You don't see pictures. Everywhere you go, you see pictures of the tablet. We have pictures of tablets right on this picture. The top is like the two tablets. I have a circling top. Where is this coming? You see how the ark looks like? Here in this picture. Who is this? What's his name? Who is in the picture? Who is, who is Moses? I don't know. Who is Moses here? Heston? Oh, the no. Charleston Heston. Is that Charleston Heston? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't remember him. You better you better <laughs> have to remember him. Yeah. He says, he, this Moses told us it was a half a circle. 
If you look on the arc, on page 367, the arc is flat. And the measurement of the arc and the measurement of the tablets, the tablet filled up the arc. It was not one space, one inch available. If the, if the, if the arc is, is flat and the tablets are round, that means there is space available, empty space. There was no empty space in the... Not, that, this not Rashi says and not the Talmud says. Everybody says that the tablets were like this. Custom made into it. Um, what is it called? Um, rectangle. rectangle. Mm -hmm. That's our two stones like this. Where is this coming from? It's coming from a Christian depiction. Some I don't know where the first time, the first one who did it. Oh, here he changed his mind. <laughs> it's also tablets? Yeah. The Ten Commandments? I mean, it's rectangular. Then the tablet, the, 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 that was some Christian picture, somebody would made a picture, and two rounds. Then what is happening in our Jewish life? And the arcs, in every, in every temple almost, and the arc, there is the two tablets in top, right? Half a circle. Mm -hmm. We are preserving a Christian tradition. Mm. With the menorah, with the ark and with the, and with the two tablets, something that's clearly was the tablets were never in two in, in half a circle, and and the and the menorah was not half a circle, but because it was already everybody remembers no that's a, everybody everybody recognized the two the the two tablets that's what we know two circles, really in Judaism first of all they always attached together that people think it's like two stones attached together mm -hmm. and with the two halves. They were two separate stones, and and they were and they were rectangle. Had nothing to do with circles. Then the menorah and the ark are things that whenever we do, whenever we do make a picture of them, we have to make a point. We have to hold on to our own tradition, not to be influenced by what the rest of the world is doing, because we are we are, we are the original. We, we originated it. Everybody will agree that the two tablets were given to the Jewish people. The menorah was built by the Jewish people, not by anybody else. Then, if, if, then we, but and we know we have a tradition how they were they were done. That's why in in our synagogue in here we try every place and everywhere to to make sure the Rebbe was very made a campaign about it to make to continue the original tradition of the of the tablets and of the menorah, not to be influenced by other by other traditions. Now we'll go to our parsha Vayakel, this week's parsha Vayakel. To something else that the end of the parsha, something else that the 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 that was donated to the temple. On page five seventy six, actually five seventy five. Number eight. He made the basin out of copper and its base out of copper from the mirrors of the women who had gathered at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He made the, the mirrors of the women who gathered at the entrance of the meeting. This is true. When it came to donate to the temple, the women were the first one to donate. They were more enthusiastic than the men. Donating to the golden calf... Oh, the men were enthusiastic. Donating to the women, donating to the temple, the women were number one. 
and it's written before that, Vayavohu anashim al anashim, and men and women were pushing, it was a big balagan. Everybody was pushing to give, the, to give money to the temple. In two days, they raised everything they needed. To a point that Moses needed to go out and make a statement. Do not bring any more donations to the temple. No modern rabbi has ever said that, right? That's, I, I, can't, I, I still cannot understand why Moses did it. Monique <laughs> had if you will have a little bit left over for now. <clears throat> when you don't have enough money, you have too much money, we'll make an endowment fund, we'll make a this fund. I mean, there, there's ever a question what to do with the money? I don't understand. But that's why it was Moses. <laughs> <laughs> then the women, among all the other things they bought, they bought mirrors. But the way it's written, the women, by the women who gathered around the temple, Rashi comes to a very interesting story. Continue the Rashi from the mirrors of the women who had gathered. From uh, where is that? Five seventy-five. You go to one page back. Oh. Number eight. Yeah. Number eight. The bottom. Oh. Um, from the mirrors of the uh, of the women who had gathered, the daughters of Israel possessed mirrors into which they would look uh, when adorning themselves, even those they uh, did not withhold from bringing the contribution for the Mishkan. You know, a mirror, that's a basic thing that every woman needs. Everything they brought to the temple. They cleaned up their, their, uh, their tents. Everything went to the temple. I'm sure the husbands were not too happy about that, but the women brought everything to the temple, even the mirrors. Okay. However... However, Moshe found them repulsive and since their purpose is to incite the evil inclination. Oh, Moshe Rabbeinu saw the mirrors, he's giving fair mirrors to the temple. What's going on here? All these mirrors here. Why didn't he want mirrors? In a temple, in a holy place, you're not allowed to look at it. When you pray, you're not allowed to look at you and you cannot have a reflection of yourself. You cannot pray in front of a, of a picture that has a glass and reflects yourself. You're not allowed to pray in front of it. Because you have to think about, you have to pray to God. It's, it looks like you're bowing to yourself. Like you're worshipping idols, kind of. That's number one. And more than that, he says here, the, the, uh, the, the, the mirrors were made for the evil inclination, for the Yetzirah. What is here, mirrors made? To look good, to seduce. For example, we, in, a, in a mourner's house, we do not have mirrors, right? Mm -hmm. Why? Because the thinking about yourself, how you look, makes you happy. That's one of the commentaries said. But I was thinking in our generation, if it because it makes you happy, we should have mirrors because everybody who looks watching mirrors says, Oy vey, look how I look, oy vey. People get sad when they watch the, in the mirror. Then maybe it's a, it's a mitzvah to have a mirror. But the idea is the mirror is thinking about yourself. Moses said, in the temple, a mirror, to look at yourself, that's what the temple is. Isn't the temple all about God? Isn't the temple all about forgetting about yourself? What do you need the mirrors? Moses didn't want them. God said to him, God said to him, accept them, for these are dearer to me than everything else, because ah, through them God. the women raised huge multitudes in Egypt. Oh, God told them, Moshe, don't get too worked up. I love them. You hate them. I love them. Because these were, they are more dear to me more than everything. When, he's, when Rashi says this word, more than everything, it means 
more than all the donations and gold and the silver and the car, from everything. They are more dear to me than everything. Why? He says, because this, this tool was used to have children in Egypt. You know, Pharaoh had an agenda to reduce the amount of the Jewish people. What he said, how it started, the old book, the first line in the book of Exodus, start with the fear of, of, more, of Pharaoh that the Jewish people are too many. On page two, what could be more, more clear? Page two, number seven. In top of the page. The B'nai Israel were fruitful and prolific, and their population multiplied. They were exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. A new king came into power over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the B'nai Israel are becoming too numerous and strong for us. Come, let us deal wisely with him. Let's increase so much that if there is war, he will join our enemies and fight against us, driving us from the land. They appointed conscription officers over him to oppress him with their burdens. Okay. Then what they did, how to get rid, he was afraid of becoming too many. What he did, he made them slave workers. What, what was that, the idea? He took them out to other places to walk. They will never be home. They will never be home, will not be children. Simple. One way was to kill the babies. That was another way. Now we'll go back to the Rashi. What the Jewish people did, Mark. What the Jewish women did. Um, when their husbands were exhausted from the crushing labor. When their husbands were exhausted from the crushing labor, they, the women, would go and bring their food and drink and feed them. They would take the meal. The women went to the fields, to them. They didn't wait until they came home because they never came home. They would then take the mirrors and each one would look at herself with her husband in the mirror and entice them with words saying, see, I am more beautiful than you. Page 576. Thereby awakening their husband's desire and they would cohabitate with them. They conceived and gave birth there as stated. Oh, here is the story. They had children. They gave birth, they encouraged the husband to have children. The husband didn't want to, did, not, did not want to have children. For what? For slavery? To die? To be thrown into the river? Who needs, who needs babies? Even Amram did not want to have more children. Moses' father. The women continue to have Jewish children. And the mirrors were used for it. And God said, for me, the mirrors are very dear, my friend, Reb Moshe. If not for these mirrors, we would not have another generation to take out from Egypt. You know, it's written in the Talmud, because of the righteous woman, the Jewish people deserve to go out from Egypt. Because the righteous woman in Egypt, I mean, you, know, you can think, oh, the righteous women, they probably prayed the whole day, they said psalms, they went to shul every Shabbat, every day, and they were doing mitzvahs and helping people. No, 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 no. The righteous women were the women who had children. If they would not have children, it wouldn't be another generation to take the Jews out from Egypt. You know, we're talking about Jewish education and Jewish days. Number one, we need to have children. 
Then we can talk about which education we'll give them and where we'll take them and what we'll do with them. Number one most important goal of the Jewish people is to have children. You know, today, we are still not recovered from the Holocaust. Before the Holocaust, it was 18 million Jews. We are now 15 million Jews, maybe. And in America, it's shrinking by the day. It's marriage, it's marriage, it's marriage, it's marriage. Then, number one, you need to have children. The Jewish women in Egypt use the mirrors that God says, for me, it's not evil inclination. They took something that was made for the evil inclination and utilized it for the most holiest, most noble purpose, having Jewish children, establishing a generation. And that's why God loved it. Because the mirrors show that you can take everything in the world and turn it to a holy service of God. It means the mirrors in itself are not bad. That's what you do with it. And you utilize it for the right thing. The same mirrors that in a synagogue are not allowed to be are in the temple. Where he put them in the temple? He put them in the temple. They made a basin, a washing basin to wash the hand before you enter the temple. They put it there. This to say, kind of telling the Jewish people, before you enter the temple, there's something more important. Is having a family. You know, in the temple, it was men's only walked in the temple. You know why? Because God wanted to say there was something more important than the temple, the homes. He didn't want to take away the women and give them to walk in the temple. Well, it's okay if you don't, if you not offer incense, will be better. There is more important things, and even more, the temple was only walking from sunrise to sunset. At night. Nothing was happening in the temple. They put they, they put on the on the on the altar sometimes meat and things that were not yet were not burned on the offer. They burned overnight, but there was no service going on in the temple during the night. Sunset. It was a morning sacrifice by sunrise, and a morning service uh, sacrifice by sunset, and that was the end. This, when this, when this uh, offering was offered, no offering was allowed to be offered after that. Why was it at night the temple is closed? Because God says there is a more important temple than the temple. And this temple calls you Jewish home. And he, you know, when you come at night, you go home and you raise your family. And that's even more important than the temple. That's what the, these mirrors were teaching. And that's what this mirror reminded the Jewish people. Then when we look sometimes, it looks bad, it looks, oh, it's made for different inclination. It's how you look of it. And if you put on the right piece of, uh, the right pair of glasses, you'll see a whole different picture in this. What looks like somebody's doing, oh, I can't believe he's doing it. Maybe he has a different intention and different, and it's a whole, it's, it's the most beautiful thing you can, you can do. That's one thing you can learn from this Parsha. And there is another piece that I wanted to concentrate on this Parsha. On page 563, 562, it describes all the people who brought donations. Go ahead, top of page 562. And they came, both men and women, all who were generous of heart, brought bracelets, nose rings, finger rings, and buckles, 
all kinds of golden vessels. Okay, we'll skip because it's all details. We'll go to the same page, I mean 563, number 27. And the leaders of the tribe brought oxen stones and stone onyx stones and stones for setting into the ephod and breastplate. Oh, and the leaders of the tribes brought stones for the breastplate. First you write what the people brought, men, women, everybody. Then you read, now the leaders, they brought stones. As she says, behind this world the leaders is a very painful story. What's a painful story? Can you imagine Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and Yom Kippur? He tells the Jews, you know what? We have a new set of tablets. Oh, Baruch Hashem. You know what more? God had forgiven us for the golden calf. Oh, Moiridik. And it said even more, how to atone for the golden calf. To build them a temple, a sanctuary. This will atone for the golden calf. You build the golden calf from gold, you build them a, a temple from gold. The Jews, a day, that was a day after Yom Kippur. In two mornings, the whole nation bought everything. Everything was bought. Now, you know, when you start a building fund campaign, you count on your leaders, you know, on your, on your closest people. Moshe Rabbeinu comes in the morning, he sees women, men and women dressed up with Shabbos clothing, all with the best clothing, running with shining faces, early in the morning to bring the donation to God. Everybody wants to be the first. Pushing. Women push the men. men. It was, was unbelievable what's going on. And his heart is beaming. He's looking for every tribe with a leader, and nothing. He's looking for the leaders. Not to be found. Gunished. The first morning, the second morning. You can just imagine how Moses felt. What happened? Let's see what the Rashi says. Rashi on page 563, number 27. And the leaders of the tribes brought. But Nosen said, Why did the Nassim. Nassim see fit to contribute to the dedication of the altar first? Oh, 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 where we see something is wrong here, because when they actually dedicated the temple, we're going to read it in the next book, it's written, over the first stone to brought sacrifices to the temple, the leaders, here they are, woke up early, first one, this leader, this leader. They didn't allow the regular Josh Moss to offer sacrifices. They wanted to be the first one. The Trabnosan says something is not right here. To inaugurate the temple, they are the first one. Here, they are the last one. What is happening here? Go ahead. Whereas for the works of the Mishkan, they were not the first to contribute. But the Nusim thought as follows. Let the public at large contribute whatever they will contribute, and whatever will be lacking, we will supply. You know, the Nassim said like this, the leader said like this, they were the rich people of the community. They said, we let everybody pay. You know, we need $5 million for the project. We let everybody donate what they donate, and we will write the check. All the rest, the leftover, we'll write the check. Whatever, $2 million, whatever, we'll write the, the, the check of the rest, whatever is, is missing. Ay, 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 what happened? Go ahead. Once. Once the public, <clears throat> once the public supplied all that was needed, as it is said, and the work was sufficient. The public supplied everything that was needed. Now the 
the, the Nesim left out it nothing. Go ahead. The Nesim said. What is left for us to do? So they brought the Shoham stones. They bought the Shoham stones because the Jews didn't bring the Shoham stones. They didn't have a Shoham stone. But the Jews bought enough money to buy Shoham stones. We didn't even need them for the Shoham stones. Ay, 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 ay. They missed the opportunity. And the Rebbe says, what was, what was behind their thinking? What were they thinking? Why they didn't bring first? They felt, as leaders, they, don't want to, they shouldn't grab the mitzvah. They should, they should encourage other people to do it. Don't think about myself. Let other people help. And inspire them. And then we will do whatever is left over. They felt that if they come and donate first, it's almost like a selfish thing. I want the whole mitzvah, it's mine. Give, share it with everybody. It was a nice thought. What was missing something? You have to lead by example. You didn't have to give the whole mitzvah. It's not like you had to divide the budget between the 12 leaders. Everyone gives this. Hey, I have a million dollars. We cover the whole budget and we go on. But you had to be the first one to lead by example, not behind. King David just to go to war, he was the first. King Saul used to be the first. He doesn't send the people. To give, to, it was a nice idea to give other people a part of the mitzvah. Sure, you don't take everything for yourself. But when they saw that, they, when they saw that God made it in such a way that nothing is left for them, they knew they messed up. But couldn't you consider that also to be selfish the way they considered it? In the sense that a mitzvah is not complete till it's completed, and the person who completes it even if it wasn't the one that initially gets the credit for the mitzvah. That you want to say that they wanted to be the last one to do it to complete the mitzvah. You can say also, that's a thought. You can also say that the person who is building actually the temple is completing the mitzvah. Is he, he is completing it. You understand what yeah, I'm saying? But still, there is, there you can say that. But you have to find where, the, where was the uh, noble thinking of them. They were yeah. the leaders. They were not uh, regular people. Obviously, if they were from, from a whole nation of 2 million Jews, they were 12 people all chosen. Obviously, they were worth something. They were not. That's why the disappointment is even bigger. But from here we learn, whenever you want to see, if we are leaders, it's true that you have to care for other Jews and not to grab the mitzvah for ourselves. But we have to lead by example. We have to be the first one. Whenever the mitzvah comes, we have to be the first one, because if, we, if you are not the first one, the regular person says, oh, the leaders are not here. Ah, something is fishy here. Yeah? Why are they not around? Where are they? And the lesson for us is even bigger. When you start to do something, and the people who are closest to you, you think that they, you count on them, and they don't want to help you, don't give up. Maybe the five people around you don't want to help you. I know they Dozens of people will help you, or much further away from you, will, do, will help you, even though the closest people will not help you. Moses first Nassim, the first, the 12 leaders, his cabinet was not there for him, but the old Jewish people, men and women, gave so much, he didn't need them. Did Golden Calf went to build a... No, they, they grinded it. Yeah, but... Thank you very much. They, they drink the gold dust, right? Yeah.